Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. So thrilled, as always, that you tuned into the broadcast today. You've made the right decision. I believe that what's going to be said today is going to pierce through to your heart. And, and if, you're, if you're open to it, I believe you're going to get answers to questions today. I, we, we take this thing so seriously. You know, Sarah and I really seek the Lord about what we're to bring to you. This isn't just about making something up or saying something off the top of our head. We're very aware that you and many others watching this broadcast and other broadcasts like it, you're doing so looking for answers. Your heart's hungry. You're searching for something. Truth is, everybody's dealing with something. Everybody's going through something. If you're not going through something, it's because you just got done going through something. And the, the, the fact is that the Word of God is what answers those questions, brings solutions to problems. So when we're seeking the Lord, we're asking, what do your people need to hear? And I'm going to tell you, it would not surprise me to find out someday that God quickened a word in us because of one person watching this broadcast. And, and maybe there were hundreds or even thousands of people, maybe even millions at some point watching the broadcast, but God had in mind <clears throat> one person. And he said, Jeremy, Sarah, address this. I want you on this today. And maybe you're that one. Perhaps you're the one that's on his heart today. I know you are. I know I am. I, the Bible says he never sleeps, he never slumbers. And I've pretty well decided it's because he, he lies awake thinking about me. He lies awake thinking about you after millennia. He's just trying to get a few. He's, God's just trying to take a power nap and he can't because he's thinking about you. Now I know I'm kind of stretching it there, but I want you to live with that kind of revelation. God's got me on his mind. And you want to find out what he's thinking about? This is the best way to do it. Put the word of God first. So in a moment, we're going to pray together. We're going to get right back into the scripture. But before we do, I want to remind you that uh, you can sign up for the legacy letter at pearsonsministries.com. What is a legacy letter? It's the free magazine that we send out to all our partners and friends. And right now it's going out to somewhere between seven and 8,000 people all over the world. And I know in terms of general population, that's not a big number, but we're excited about it. That's seven or 8,000 people that are feeding on the goodness of God. And that thrills me. And if you're not one of those people yet, then go to pearsonsministries.com, sign up for the legacy letter. Every one of those issues is a work of art. And we, we all, everybody who touches it, pours all their heart into it. And, and you can feel that. You can see that. You can experience that. We want you to have it. We want to bless you with it. The legacy letter, get yours today. Let's pray together. We'll get right into the word. Father, how we do love you, how we do appreciate you. And we are so thankful for Jesus and for all that he's done, all that he's accomplished for us. I ask you, Father, to, to fill up our mind, our understanding, our heart today of an awareness, first of all, of the presence of Jesus, but an awareness of everything that you, by your grace, have accomplished through him for us. We believe we receive that today. We set our faith, we set our agreement together in you and in your word that everything we have need of that your word answers, we'll have it today in Jesus' name. We give you praise and thanks for all you've done, everything you're doing, everything that's yet to come. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Let's get back into the word uh, again today. Last week on the broadcast, we began uh, a study just looking at the love of God, just returning 
to love. You know, you got to do that every so often. And really the best thing to do would just be to never leave it. Never leave behind a revelation and an understanding of the love of God. And I think, I don't think it, I, I know what's happened is Satan realized, he realized I, that he could not um, keep men from finding out that God loves them. I mean, people know it. People have heard it. People all over the world, if you asked them what John three sixteen said, they'd be able to tell you, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed in him wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. And Satan kind of realized, I think, you know, I can't, I can't keep this one a secret. I can't keep that one hidden. So I think oftentimes what he does is tries to dumb down and harden and dull our understanding of the concept of love itself. He's like, if I can't keep you from hearing it, maybe I can keep you from really understanding it. And so what has happened is the very concept of love has taken on so many different shapes and meanings, and it means one thing to one person and something else to somebody else. And we use the word so flippantly. We, we use the same word to describe how we feel about our wives. We use the same word to, to describe how we feel about our truck or our dinner, or that's just not right. Come on, fellas, that's just not right. Those of you who love your wives and also love your truck, you know there should be a difference, right? There should be a difference in the way you feel about them. It's because, it's because we're so careless sometimes about our, the way we use the word love and our understanding of it. That's why it's so important to always come back to the word of God and, and use let, let God define himself. Let the Bible define these words for you. Don't let society, don't let culture be the one that supplies the definition for it. You let God define for you what love is, what love does, how love acts, what love says. And we, we started last week by looking at the book of Galatians chapter five, verse six, the last part of that verse that very simply says, faith works by love. And I consider myself a faith preacher. And the biggest part of the assignment on this ministry is to teach another generation how to live by faith in the day of grace. But for our faith to operate and our faith to work, there has to be an understanding, a comprehension of love, the love of God at work in us, the love of God at work through us, because that's how faith works. Without love, faith doesn't work. As a matter of fact, go back to 1 Corinthians 13, and let's talk about this, faith working by love. Look at it again with me. If you're gonna study love, you gotta go to 1 Corinthians 13. Now, it's all over the Bible, cover to cover, but man, there, there's just nothing like 1 Corinthians 13. This, this eloquent expression of the Spirit just expounding on who love is and how love responds and what love is and what it's not. You find that right here in this chapter. Just begin again in verse one. We spent some time looking at this verse last week. He said, I, I can speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. If you remember, we just basically said there, look, you could, you could know all the right words to say, but if there's no love in it, you've done nothing for nobody. See, our, our words were given to us with the ability, the propensity, the potential of creating, creating light where there was darkness, creating 
health where there was sickness, creating abundance where there was poverty and lack, creating joy where there was depression. That's what our words have within them the ability to do because we're created in the image of God and he is the one who spoke the world into creation. He's the one that calls those things that be not as though they were. And if we're going to live and act and talk like him, then we've got to come to grips with the fact that the same faith that he spoke with, the same faith that worked by his love is in us. And there's a measure of that in us, but that faith that it takes to create operates and is fueled by love. And if there's no love in what we're saying, we might as well be banging a drum in somebody's face. And I'm going to tell you something, that's nothing but annoying. Pastors, ministers, listen to me. You may have the ability to look into scripture and, and Find all the answers that everybody needs and even say it so eloquently. But if you don't love those people you're talking to, they're walking out of that place bored, having received nothing. Love is the only thing that makes you anything. We're going to see that here in the scripture in just a moment. But love in your message is the only thing that makes your message worth anything. Parents, husbands, wives, employees, employers, listen to me. The only thing that makes you anything is when you parent by love. It's when you exist in the marriage relationship by love. Employers, it's when you lead by love. Employees, it's when you follow in love. That's the only thing that makes us anything. It's the only thing that gives us impact. Verse two, he said, Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Nothing is zero. He said, this is, this is the measure of my life. If I don't have the love of God in me, the love of God working through me, the measure of my life is zero. He said, I could have faith, I could have the gift of prophecy. That gift, man, that's the big one, isn't it? That's, that seems to be the, the office of ministry that we have the highest esteem and the highest offer. Ooh, he's a prophet. He's a, he's a prophet. He speaks for God. But I'm gonna tell you something. You can stand up and quote unquote speak for God till you're blue in the face. But if you ain't got love in what you're saying, you do not represent him. All the faith in the world, all the prophetic knowledge and the wisdom and all that that comes with it, that's wonderful. But if there's no love in the prophecy, if there's no love, no revelation of love, I'll tell you this right now, where there's no revelation of love, there is no operation of faith. Where there's no revelation of love, there's no operation of faith. And where there's no operation of faith, there's no impartation of grace. See, faith receives what grace has been made available. But the only way faith will be active is when you know how much you're loved. Faith works by love. I'll say it to you like this. Faith works when you know how much you're loved. But without it, I'm nothing. Without it, you're nothing. Now, what happens if you take a big ball of nothing and you throw it right in somebody's face. What happens? Nothing. You've made no impact whatsoever. I mean, what happens, guys, pastors, ministers, when we take these messages 
that we've just crafted and we've spent so long on them and we've been intense in intense prayer and intense study, but we forgot the key missing element and ingredient of love. What happens to these, these words that we have crafted and that's, 45 minute message and we just throw it at the people. What impact have we made if there's no love in it? None. No love, no impact. No love, no impact. No love, no difference made. He goes on in verse three. He says, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Uh Aha, okay, let's see. That means that our giving is supposed to profit us. Our, our giving to somebody else, if we do it God's way, it's supposed to have a profit and a benefit back to us. But our giving, if it's done out of any other motivation than love, then it's profited us nothing. And there are people giving that aren't motivated by the love of God. And you think, well, what other motivation could there be? Well, there's, there's giving to be seen. People want to give so that they can have the attention and others can see that they've given. A lot of people give out of obligation. They feel like, well, you know, I have so much and, and the expectation is that I would do something for somebody who doesn't have. So they feel this, this need, this obligation to give to somebody else, but if, if your giving is done out of obligation, if your giving is done out of fear of what somebody else might think, if you don't do it, there's no love in that and it is profiting you nothing. But when giving is done with love and giving is the greatest expression of love, God so loved that he did what? He gave. That's the greatest expression of love. And when it's done with love and out of love, and when love is the one motivating it, and when love is the one leading it, and when love is the one giving and taking out of what is yours and putting in the hands of somebody else, you're not just being a blessing to them. You're setting up a chain reaction that will bring profit back to you. You will benefit from that if it's done in love. But let me come back to the statement I made to you just a moment ago. Where there is no revelation of love, there is no operation of faith. Let me prove that to you in scripture. Go to the book of Mark. And I believe we're going to look at uh, chapter four. Yeah, Mark chapter four. I'll say it again. Where there is no revelation of love, there is no operation of faith. And if there's no operation of faith, there can be no impartation of grace. Grace has already spoken. I mean, grace has done what grace is gonna do. When he gave you Jesus, Jesus lived the life he lived. He died the death he died. He rose again. He ascended. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He said, it's done. Grace is now available. But there are so many people in the world that aren't receiving that grace. Why? Because it has to be responded to. Faith is the response to that grace. And the only way you're going to respond to that grace in faith is when you find out how much he loves you. And when the revelation of love hits you, you go, oh my God, he loves me this much. What wouldn't he do for me? Ah, see, now you're tapping into faith responding to the grace. When you get a revelation of how much you're loved, then you begin to realize there's nothing he wouldn't do for me. 
When you know how much God loves you, you know there's nothing he wouldn't do for you. But right on the other hand, watch this. When you know how much he loves others, then you know there's nothing he wouldn't do through you. Did you catch that? When you know how much he loves you, you know there's nothing he wouldn't do for you. But when you look at somebody else and you see them through the eyes of love and that gift comes up on the inside of you and you have the ability to love the unlovely, love those who are labeled unlovable, you look at them through the eyes of God and that love, that compassion rises up in you and you realize, hey, God has put value on their life. And maybe nobody else sees it. And maybe you don't even see it, but you know God does. And you know he values them. And that comes up out of you. Then you realize in that moment, he can use you to get to them. He could use you and your words and your faith and your giving to get through to them. Now, how many testimonies have you and I heard from people who were formerly jerks, some people who were formerly just the worst, man, just, just rotten to the core and just mean to everybody. The, I mean, these are the kind of people, they're not happy till you're not happy. <laughs> That's their life's motto. They're not happy till you're not happy. We've heard, we've all met those kinds of people, heard their stories, but how many times have we heard those people stand up and give testimony that somebody loved them? Somebody loved them into the family of God. And what a testimony. What an awesome, awesome witness that becomes. Now, how great would it be for you to become the person that loved them into the family of God? Oh, somebody say, use me, Jesus. Use me, Jesus, to love the unlovely. That statement just dropped in my heart this morning. I got, I got up early just to seek the Lord about these broadcasts. And I just heard those words, love the unlovely. Love the unlovable. How do we love the unlovely? Very simply by this, by doing this. We love them with the love we've been loved with. Do you follow that? We love with the love that we've been loved with. You might have to write that down and think about it. We love with the love that we've been loved with. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Mark chapter four, in the few minutes that we have left on this broadcast, I wanna want prove to you from scripture that where there is no revelation of love, there's no operation of faith. You remember this account in the life, the ministry of Jesus. Down around verse 35, Mark chapter four, it says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. When they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? You don't care, they said, that we're perishing. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But in verse 40, he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? He said, how is it you have no faith? Now, uh, 
all my life growing up, growing up in the house of faith, I've always heard this account and heard these words preached. And it's always been, the, the emphasis has always been on why were you so fearful? How is it you had no faith? But not long ago, the Lord sort of put an inference and an emphasis on a different word in that statement. And I heard Jesus say it in a new way. I, I, I saw it in my spirit and just in my mind's eye, I could see him looking at those disciples saying, how is it you, you of all people, how is it you're so fearful? You of all people, how is it you have no faith? And why would he say that? It's because these guys are, they, they've been around him and who is him? Him is love. Jesus is love personified. Jesus is grace in the flesh and they've been around him. And he had just preached a message to them that day about having eyes that see him for who he is. Ears that hear him, hear his voice because there's people that see him and didn't see him. People who heard him and didn't hear him. And yet in the middle of this storm, there's, there's grace, there's love down there asleep. And what a picture that is, grace just at rest, just at rest, asleep on the pillow. And they come down and they wake him up, but they don't wake him up in faith. They wake him up in fear and they accuse him of what? Not caring. They accuse Jesus of not caring. Now, friends, listen to me. You, you can take all your doubt. You can take all your unbelief. You can lay that at the foot of Jesus. You can go to God with it. He can handle it. He's heard it all before. But let me challenge you to never, ever, ever accuse him of not loving you and not caring for you. Because if there's one thing he's done and done it over and over and over and proved it over and over and over, it's love you and care for you. Now, when Jesus got up and rebuked the, the wind and the waves. He turned around to them and he said, you don't have any faith. You're full of fear and there's no faith. Fear is present, faith is absent. How did he know that? Was it because they didn't stand up and shout at the storm? No, I don't, these guys didn't understand the authority of the believer and all that. How did he know they had no faith? Because there was no revelation of how much he loved them. You don't care. You don't care, they said. And if you're accusing God of not caring, then very clearly there's no revelation in you of how much he loves you. And where there is no revelation of love, there can be no operation of faith. And where there is no operation of faith, there can be no impartation of the grace and the help and the strength and the favor that you need to live this life victoriously. So how do you fix all that? You go back to the foundation. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And how do we love the unlovely? We get a revelation of the love that we've been loved with. We love them out of that. We love with the love that we've been loved with. Did you get that today? He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.